The world is a big and magical place, and Jason and Colin are your guides. So grab a bucket of pixie dust, because this is Disney World with sass and no strollers. And here are your two fairy godfathers. Hey, fairy friends, and welcome to another episode of Two Fairy Godfathers. I'm Jason Matheson. Hello, it's Colin Matheson. Hello, welcome to episode three, everyone. Don't mind me, I'm just busy sniffing this Polly Lobby candle we got. <clears throat> do you like it? I do. My TV executive producer, Jeff, gave me that from... Can you give him a shout out? It should be right there on the... I'm just reading the description here. Turn your home into the ultimate staycation destination. This signature tropical atmosphere will transport you back to your favorite resort lobby, full of palms and lush vegetation. Yeah, so it's candles that have the sense of various Walt Disney World properties, like the Polynesian Lobby. I have another one that he gave me of the Haunted Mansion, but the Poly Lobby smells just like Walt Disney's Polynesian yeah. Lobby, doesn't it? It really does. It's really good. And we haven't stayed there in a long time, no. so I was like, oh. Give them a shout out. Do we? It's, well, it I'm, should say right there. Yeah. I don't know because I think you put the lid on the bottom and the name caught. is right there. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, welcome uh, welcome to Two Fairy Godfathers Episode 3. Today we're going, other than just doing the news of the day. Did you find it? I got it off. Let's okay, see. What is here. it? Um, this nope. Is, that just says eight ounce candle. Okay, I'm so glad that we, <laughs> we did all of that. It's fantastic. Oh, gosh. Google it, as they say. There's lots of them. Yeah. Um. Most of the news that has come out this week has to do with the launch of Disney Genie and Disney Genie Plus. So really, mouse topics are going to be all about that. Yeah, I mean, look, other than the fact that, I don't know, construction's continuing on the Tron uh, light cycle, uh, Tron light cycle run at Magic Kingdom, there's not a lot going on. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of news popping in the last two weeks. Other, I mean, the big news is the launch of Disney Genie and Disney Genie Plus. Yeah, that's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know, it is the replacement for Disneyland's Max Pass and Walt Disney World's Fast Pass Plus. It's basically a program. Disney Genie Plus is a program designed to help you bypass the standby waits for all the major attractions. Disney Genie is kind of like an intuitive trip planning app, kind of like a uh, artificial intelligence thing. Kind of like what's what's the Marvel um what's the Marvel Jarvis. Jarvis. Kind of like Jarvis. Yeah, that's what AJ compared it to. It's or two thousand one, yeah. but less evil. It's uh well, who knows? It's yeah. only day what, three? Three. Um no, it's uh, using algorithms to analyze constantly all of the wait times and attractions and everything going on, and that makes itineraries based on your interests. And yeah, so let's start with look again. You know, we we've changed kind of in season three. We're a little instructional, but not so much. If you want to get the nuts and bolts of how to use Disney Genie and Disney Genie Plus, head over to Disney Food Blog. AJ has a video up that's about 28 minutes long that goes through every nut and every bolt of how to use it, 
the pros, the cons. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but just we're going to give you our take on is it worth it? Would it be worth it for you? Uh, depending on if you're a family, you know, our podcast is really geared toward grownups going to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, but that's really what we're going to cover. And we should let you know that a week from today, we're actually going to be in the parks trying Disney Genie and Disney Genie Plus in uh, real time. We wanted to give them a week before we went there to work out one or two kinks, and there's already been some kinks already. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so like Jason said, we're not going to be your nuts and bolts place. Go somewhere else for that. But we'll give you our take on a lot of the things like, you know, the two-hour rule that everyone's talking about and stacking fast passes or stacking lightning lane reservations and all that kind of stuff. We'll get into that. Yeah. So first of all, again, just to give you a base of knowledge for the conversation, Disney Genie is the trip planning uh, thing uh, system within the My Disney Experience app. You still need the My Disney Experience app. I mean, AJ said it really well. Planning a Disney trip without a smartphone is becoming more and more impossible. I mean, you really do need a a smartphone. Who doesn't have a smartphone? A lot of people, I think, listening. I mean, maybe not if you're listening to a podcast, but (laughs) there. I mean, there are a lot of folks. I, I I think it's a big eye roll of like, oh, you know. Anyway, so Disney Genie is really there to help you plan a trip. You you input stuff that you like, like princesses and Star Wars. What rides do you like to do? When are you going? And it kind of gives you, it plans out in real time an itinerary for you What what and recommends, hey, this ride has a low wait time, so head over to Peter Pan. It's only 25 minutes. And then maybe after that, head over to Haunted Mansion. That only has a 30-minute wait. Disney Genie Plus is the paid uh, version of the system that allows you to make what used to be called fast pass reservations, allowing you to skip the standby lines. That is Genie Plus. Yep. So with that one, you pay $15 per person per day, and you get to use the Lightning Lane at multiple attractions around Disney World and Disneyland one at a time. Overall... Now that now that it's launched, and we covered this last last episode, now that it's launched, have you changed your opinion as far as is it worth it for fifteen dollars a day per person per day, Kyle? Not for no, I haven't. But I'm. I mean, we're in a situation that we're you know dinks, double income, no kids. So I have no problem spending thirty dollars a day for us to go on a quick weekend. You know, it costs us. If we just, you know, if we get in on a Friday night at five o'clock, I probably won't pay for it Friday night, but I'd pay for it Saturday, Sunday. If it costs us 60 bucks to not have to wait in line, absolutely. Yeah. But to commiserate an overly dramatic term, but to, to re, to have a little bit of empathy for you guys listening that are planning Disney World trips or Disneyland trips for three, four, five, six, seven people. That can add up really quickly, and you do have to make up. You you do have to kind of make a decision: is it going to be worth it for us? I, I will tell you, it would be for me if I was planning a trip. If we had two kids, you know, little Milo and little Nugget, or whatever we're going to name the daughter, Tater Tot. Tater Tot. Um, because I think you know, our friend Jen said it uh, had this quote a couple about a year ago: "Our time is worth something," and I think lack of frustration is worth something. And if I'm a parent, I want to try to alleviate as much of 
the Disney World stresses I could. And most of the stress comes from the combination of hot temperatures and long waits in the sun and screaming children. So I've got a little tink tip here. Yeah. Uh, What? No, go ahead. Do you have a little sound effect for me? I do have a little sound effect for you. There we go. So here's what I would suggest if you're trying to be a little budget conscious maybe is if you've got like that big group and you don't want eight people paying $15 a person every day for a week, either A, pick the days that you want to buy it for that day and just when you wake up in the morning at six, pay for uh, Genie Plus for that day and then start making your reservations at seven if you're staying on property. And then um, my other tip is the, what, what's the word they use for the single paid attraction ones? The individual, yeah. It's, it's a very cumbersome word. Know, Again, there's why. so much new terminology, but well, you yeah. you think with Disney, they could come up with a fun name. Yeah, it's I mean, not. It's like on. a yeah. fancy ride. It's like, yeah. Extra fancy ride. Yeah. Anyway, with those, you don't need to pay for Disney Genie Plus to use those. That's a separate paid attraction fee. So those are the best rides for most of the time anyway. So if you didn't want to pay the $15 and then pay for those on top of it, just pay for those and yeah. be done with it. The individual ride purchases, I think, are what they're called. Yeah. So if I'm taking my family to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, let's give them a hypothetical because this is what helps me. I yeah. know because right now if you're listening to this jogging or in your car, you're like, okay, there's just a lot of terms swirling yeah. around. Give somebody a scenario. So I'm going to Magic Kingdom for the day with me, grandma, grandpa, and you know, 10 grandkids kind of thing. Okay. Um, I don't want to pay all of that money, $150 or whatever, for our group to all have Disney Genie Plus for the day. Okay. That's a lot of extra money. Yeah. So we're just going to go to the park. We're going to get there at Rope Drop. We're going to do a, you know, a ride right away. Rope Drop is opening for the virgins out there. Yes. Um, we're going to do a ride right away so we don't have to wait in line. And then we're going to make our – we're going to buy the single paid attraction rides, which are Seven Dwarves Mine Train and Space Mountain. And those are the two that I can pay like <clears throat> up to fifteen dollars for. It depends on the day. The day, Sur- the time surge of year. Charging, there's, yeah. yeah there's, so there's surge pricing, but you know it might be seven dollars for Seven Doors Mine Train. Yeah. So I pay seven dollars a person to ride that. I pay ten dollars a person to ride Space Mountain, and then I'll just do standby for everything else because a lot of times we've been there. Pirates has like a ten minute standby. Mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion is twenty minutes. I'll do standby for those. Yeah. I, you know, and that brings to, that brings us to another kind of you know we if you listen to season one or season two of the podcast, a lot of it was our tricks uh, revolving mainly around fast pass. Colin and I were Jedi's yeah, we as were far as belt. yeah, we knew how to work that system. We're gonna practice this weekend, and we'll report back. But so far, you know, from our amateur amateur sleuthing and from all of the videos that we've watched from the reporters on the ground from Disney food blog to uh, to um, what's her name that I from uh, uh, Brooke very from Brooke and Michael does Disney he wasn't Molly. there Molly um, everybody is saying look he if I would plan my perfect day or I would plan the per uh, the easiest day I know you want to sleep in but I was thinking about this on the car ride home today you know disney is in the caribbean it's not a i know this seems counterintuitive but it's not a relaxing vacation i mean if you're going to disney world it's you know especially the way we do it it's running and gunning i mean you want to get the most you're spending a lot of money so uh, we are just going to assume that you want to get as many of a, many attractions in as you can so under that premise what we would do 
is I would absolutely, especially if you only have one or two days in the park, I would absolutely get up early and get to the parks before open or what they refer to as rope drop. Again, I know there's a lot of terminology that's overwhelming for folks if you've never been to Disney World. But when you hear say rope drop, that means at opening. We would get, if we were you, we would get to Disney World at opening. Let me just do a park. Uh, Let's do Hollywood Studios. Get to Hollywood Studios at rope drop and immediately run to Rise of the Resistance. And correct me if I'm, Kyle, fill in the blanks as I'm going. Run to Rise of the Resistance. Now, as you're going there, I would make a Disney Genie. If you're getting Disney Genie Plus, I would make a Disney Genie Plus reservation for what, Kyle, if you were? Well, I'm going to pause and back you up because you missed a step on the way to that. Okay. So, park opens at 9 a.m. Yeah. If you're staying on property, you can make a Disney Genie Plus reservation starting at 7 Mm a.m., which you need to do. Yeah. Because they're going to go. So, you get up at 6.30 you make your Disney Genie Plus reservation starting at 7 a.m. Then you go to the park, get there at like 8.15. Because they sometimes do open the parks early. Yep. That isn't publicized a lot, but they do. Get there at 8.15. They open the park at 8.40. You head right to Rise of the Resistance. Do the standby line. Ride it once. On a Knock short, it out. Yep, on a short wait. And then you've got your first um, Disney Genie Plus reservation made for 7. Now here's the trick. You can't, this is the complicated two-hour rule stuff that they're going to hear a lot about, this two-hour rule, two-hour rule. Two-hour rule. Just, you're going to rewind this part a lot of the podcast. So the way that this works is you can only make one selection at a time on Disney Genie Plus, but there's two ways to make your next selection. Either one, you have to use your existing Disney Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation. You have to scan in. Yep. And once you scan in, then you can make another one. Or you have to wait two hours 120 minutes from the time that you make your lightning lane reservation. So the caveat to that is it starts at park open. So in our instance, when we made a lightning lane reservation at seven for, let's say tower of terror at like noon, noon. Okay. Then we ran to the park. We got in park opens at nine. We went right to rise of the resistance and did standby. Got in in 20 minutes, wrote it, we're out of there by 9.30, let's just Let, say. Let's be realistic. Let's say about 9.40, 9.45. Fine. Yeah. Okay. The two-hour clock starts at 9 o'clock. When the park opens. When the park opened. Not when you made that first reservation. No. So from 9 o'clock, you have to wait two hours. So at 11, you can now make another Disney Genie Plus Lightning Lane selection, even though you have a Tower of Terror at noon that you haven't used yet because the two hours has passed since park open. So then you can make... You can make a 1230 if you wanted. You can overlap them, unlike how you couldn't do that with FastPass Plus. They had to be in hour windows. This one you can overlap. So you could make a 1230 rock and roller coaster, and you could just knock the two out back to back. Or you could pick some other time. If you wanted to stack, this is what they're calling with the stacking. So that's what that means is you can put a 12 and a 1230. So some people are booking them all late in the day. They're booking a 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. We'll get into other scenarios. Are you done? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I was. I didn't know if you were done. Uh, yeah. So there, there are ways to work the system. I would just because if you get there, if you get there at open, if you get there at rope drop, realistically, even on busy days, Colin and I have been there. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times at rope drop. You can knock out. If I'm being conservative, 
a good two to three rides with minimal weights. I mean, even at Magic Kingdom, which is traditionally the busiest park at open. For sure, two rides. You can absolutely get on like Mine Train. You can get on Space Mountain after that with minimal weights. And then, look, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm two down. And then you have the whole day to take advantage. Yeah, and the thing you got to remember the Disney is Genie Plus a lot of times right in the morning, those lines look super long, but it's because the queue hasn't filled up yet. Yeah. And so everyone's backed up, and they still are just run, going in, going in, going in. And the line is constantly moving, and so it's just backed up. Think of like a traffic jam in rush hour, you know. But once everyone gets in and the line stops and it fills up, then, you know, that's when you're going to start seeing your 120-minute, two-hour wait things. Yeah. Again, if I, you know, if we were doing a seminar, and I mean, I guess this kind of is, I, I know the kids don't want to get up early. Hell, you don't want to get up early. But if you want to make the most of your time, especially with the new world of Disney Genie Plus, knock out a few rides at the beginning of the day, and you can have two down. And really, at the end of the day, I don't know how many times Colin and I have said, wow, we're it's noon and we've knocked out X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you don't, and you feel like you've gotten your money's worth. Yeah. So that brings me to another tink tip that we've kind of talked about here, but tink tip number two. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, is I would not get a Disney Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation right at open for that reason. Because you're, I consider it wasting a reservation for the day when you can just run and do standby when the lines are not going to be long. You know, you're using a Lightning Lane. You might be walking in with people that are on standby at the exact same time, and you wasted a lightning lane for that, and you didn't need to. You could so if park opens at nine, I might make my lightning lane for nine thirty, ten o'clock, because I can maybe knock out a ride, then do something, then do lightning lane. You know? Yeah, I mean, in under that under that premise, under that circumstance, if the hypothetical is the park opens at nine, it doesn't matter what the park is. I, I always just go to Hollywood. So let's say Hollywood opens at nine. Um, as Colin said, if you're if you're staying at a Disney resort, you can start making your first Lightning Lane reservation at seven. Seven o'clock, I go on the Disney my Disney experience. I go under G- Disney Genie Plus, and boom, I see a ten fifteen at, at Tower of Terror. Oh, mwah, that's perfect, magnifique. Is that correct? I think that's French. I didn't speak it. You did. I took it and I failed. But anyway. <laughs> That would be perfect. 10-15, because like Colin said, you're going to get to the park at open. And again, they sometimes open early. So 8-45, the park opens. You're going to run to Rise of the Resistance. That's like a 20-minute ride. Hypothetically, let's add 15 minutes to be in line. You're going to be done with that by 9-30. Then you can run over and do Millennium Falcon. Personally, I would do single lane right. I yep. would do single, single rider. rider. Yeah. Knock that out. Now we're looking at 10, 10, 15, and then boom. Then you is, go to the Starbucks ride. You go to the Starbucks ride. And then you got those three things done, and then you've got a lightning lane at 10, 15. And as soon as you scan in boom, for that Tower of Terror at 10, 15, book your next one. Book your next one. And you got to constantly be looking because much like FastPass Plus, these will constantly refresh. It might say that they're gone for the day, and then they'll randomly add them in. And, you know, Colin and I were saying, too, we kind of had an Oprah Winfrey aha moment. Let's say there are no lightning or uh, there are no Disney Genie Plus lightning lane reservations available for, for whatever reason. But there are some rides that you're like middling. You're like, OK, I'll, I don't want to ride it. Look, ride that ride that you're so, so interested because the minute you scan in, you can make another 
reservation. So that's, you know, that's, we played that system with fast pass where, you know, we would ride a ride that we're like, uh, go on it, scan in and boom, it allows you to make another one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the scenario was. And we were talking this morning about Muppets, uh, yes, Muppets Muppet 4D. Trip. I forgot what it was that we we had to we had to ride that ride in order to make another. I don't know. It's dead anyway. I that, know on the old rule, but we said when we were watching AJ's video, we were talking about it. And I said this is when we're going to use our Muppet trick, but I can't remember the situation that you'd need to do that in. Well, I, I think it's just a matter of if you don't want to wait the two hours, because again, just to recap, you have to wait two hours. That's what it was in order to make another. Reservation. So it was our two hour rule that it said, why would you wait two hours from the time you made one? We would make one for a ride that we don't care about that doesn't have a wait, like Muppets 3D at Hollywood Studios. Make a lightning lane for it. Go scan in. As soon as you scan in, you can start making another one. Yeah. And even if, but, or if it's a ride, like I said, that you're not totally excited about, but you're willing to ride it, ride it. And then you get, I mean, when you're done, you get to make another. Lightning Lane Reservation. Yeah. So I would just, and you get more, we're just trying to get you more bang for your buck. So at the end of the day, our goal for you is when you're watching those fireworks at Magic Kingdom or watching Horrible Harmonious at Epcot, um, see the other episode of our podcast. Um, We want you to feel like, because it's, girl, we get it. As Colin said moments ago, we are homosexuals without children and i have 40 jobs so we we are very lucky and blessed but we get it most of you listening um it is that you do it once a year if maybe once in your life and it is hella expensive so the whole purpose for us is to make sure that you guys get the most bang for your buck so use the utilize our tips and run and gun i mean again it's not Disney World is not a relaxing vacation. I know that seems weird, but it really is not. And if you go into it knowing there are going to be some early mornings, at the end of the day, we have, have – now, back me up here. We've never regretted, though, you know, that moment where we get up is horrible, but we've never regretted getting up early. We're, we're always – the minute we get that first ride, we always look at each other and go – I'm so glad we didn't sleep in. Yes. I'm so glad we got there at park open. And Disney's one that I like to get up early, do this stuff, and then go back and take a nap. Yeah. It's super hot and it's busy. And And families do that with kids a lot too. Yeah. But I'm like, I'll go and I'll do stuff from eight in the morning until noon. Yeah. And then be like, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to nap from one to three and then we'll go out again. Yeah, so bottom line right now, again, we're going to go this coming weekend. So, again, we drop episodes every uh, every other Monday. I'll re- be repeating that in just a few seconds. We're going to try it out for ourselves. But still, right now, on this date, on October 24th, as we're recording this, I got to tell you, uh, I, I find more upsides to Disney Genie Plus than I, f- that I see downsides. Do you agree? My other downside with it, though, okay. is... Unlike FastPass Plus. Oh, I know. Okay, this is a good way to end. Yeah. yeah. You can't do the same ride more than once. And that's every that's every ride. I thought at first it was just going to be the paid attraction ones or the single the paid, individual the paid, individual paid attractions. Yeah. I thought those were the only ones you couldn't ride twice, but it's every ride. And that's a bummer. Yeah, because we used to go on Tower of Terror over and, and over, over and, and over again, and you can't do that. And I get it. We get it. It's about fairness. It's about making sure that everybody 
you know, especially if this is your only trip, that everybody gets an opportunity to go on the rides. Sure, but if there's a lightning lane pass available, it's open to everybody, and I just happen to find it. Yeah, I, that does. I'm with you. Because, you know, I might want to ride. negative for me. I want to ride Tower of Terror six times. I have no interest in going on Midway Mania. Yeah. But a family with little kids might be like, nope, they're afraid of Tower of Terror. We want to go on Toy Story Midway Mania three times and switch up who's playing who. So I wish that, and maybe that'll change at some point, but that's the big downside for me is that you can't do an attraction more than one time. Yep. One time only. Now, the the exception is, as we, you know, we always call it work in the system. Uh, let's take Remy's. Remy's is currently using a queue system. So you could get in the standby queue. You know, you go on the app. You could get in the standby queue and also purchase an individual ride ticket pass for Remy's as well. Yes. And you can do standby for all these to ride them as many times as you want. But that's that's the nice thing is the virtual queue. And right now, Remy's is the only one using it. But if they bring it back for Rise of the Resistance, you can have a virtual queue and an individual ride attraction paid thing. And I know at the same time, believe me, you're probably listening to this at the gym in the car. Your head is probably exploding with all of the terminology. We get it. We aren't even real comfortable with it yet. All of, there's a lot of new terms, lightning well, yeah. lane, Disney the fact Genie that we Plus. We can't even think of the name of the damn individual ride. ride. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it's called, though. Individual ride purchase. It's yeah. so lame. But yeah. anyway, come up with a better name. We get that it's really overwhelming. So we'll leave you with this. Don't forget, you don't need to spend extra money after your park ticket. You can do standby for every ride if you want. You don't have to do Disney Genie Plus. You don't have to buy individual ride uh, pass tickets to skip the lines for Remy's or Rise of the Resistance or um, Everest. You can literally just wait in every standby line that you want. These tools are just here for you now if you want to avoid the lines like we do. And personally, I would rather spend $30 per day and get more ride. I would rather budget that in and get more bang for my buck. Yeah, time is money for us. I mean... Yeah, that's, for me at least, that's my. You made a signal to me. What's that signal? Did you have any mail this week? Um. Oh, I did actually have a Mickey mail. So let's answer a question. You've got Mickey mail. Oh boy! Somebody asked. Uh, they know that we legendarily. Is that a word? Legendarily. Sure, but not the lolololi. Okay, I added that. Everybody knows her name. I'll never. I won't forget this because I. She wasn't Sam. Samantha. Asked that question. She literally wrote, Samantha, not Sam. But she wrote, she goes, it's it's obvious that you guys like the Walt Disney World swan and dolphin. Um, but she said, what other hotel for adults would you guys recommend? It's her and her husband. You want to? It really depends on what you're looking for and your yeah, vibe. And your budget. And your budget. That's the big thing. So the reason we like swan and dolphin is proximity to Hollywood Studios and Epcot. We get Marriott points for staying there, and it's usually way cheaper than any Disney property. Way cheaper. And you still get all the good neighbor benefits. Good neighbor means it's kind of in partnership with Walt Disney World. Oh, I – we've mentioned this, I think, on episode – I think we mentioned this on episode one. Over the summer, I think it was in July, you know, I we, we do a big trip in July – now, this is not for the budget conscious. This was a treat trip for us. Um, that is the Walt Disney World uh, Orlando, the Walt Disney World Four Seasons. Love the Four Seasons. It is the most beautiful hotel, but like Jason said, it is not budget friendly. No. I mean, 
I mean, we literally looked for this coming weekend, which is like just a random. Now, look, it's Halloween weekend. But, girl, it was $1,500 a night. And as much as I'd love that, I just can't justify spending that when I'm sleeping. The JW Marriott brand new Bonnet Creek has gotten rave reviews. Our friend Michael Does Disney has stayed there many times. Now, I look, I'm being very honest. You know me. Colin and I have said this. I've said it on my social I do not always like hosted content, and that means the folks, the influencers are paid. They're hosted by the establishment to stay there. I personally think you don't always get a real honest review, but I will tell you, Michael's been there. Michael does Disney's been there enough times where, and the the videos that he shot, the the content that he shared from JW, I, I would stay there. It really does look good. Yeah. So there's quite a few like nicer hotels. So there's the JW, there's the Four Seasons, there's the Waldorf Astoria. They're all on property, great places to stay. If you're looking for a Disney hotel, um, the Riviera is probably the most oh. adult, beautiful, themed after like, you know, the French Riviera. Gorgeous, again, expensive, but it's a much more adult vibe. If you're looking for something a little more playful, I would say like the Polynesian we love, um, you know, Animal Kingdom is cool. Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yep. Again, you might see a lot of kids there just because of the animals, but the Grand Floridian, again, very adult, but we don't like that because it feels like your grandma's living room. Yeah, it's not our vibe. It's like it's the, it's the Grand Grand Dom Hotel, but it's just not our thing. The Contemporary is going to be great. I have not stayed there since the remodel. We so, stayed there right before. Yep. So the remodel I, is going to be gorgeous. I think that would be a good one. My, I think my, one of my favorites, I think you're going to be with me, um, is the Yacht Club. I love Yacht Club. Yeah, um, Yacht and Beach are beautiful. Yacht and Beach are great. It has, you know, the biggest pool of any Disney resort. I think, see, we're literally listing every resort because I'm like, I know. Wilderness Sorry, Lodge. Guys. Yeah, Wilderness Lodge and Copper Creek. And, yeah. you know, those would be beautiful and great. Yeah, and, if you're a camper, folks, if you're outdoorsy. Well, I mean, like the cabins are nice. Just don't do Fort Wilderness. Yeah. You know, um, we've never stayed. It's not our vibe. Old Key West or Saratoga Springs. Um, They just feel a little stale and removed. But um, I think those are good. I think as long as you don't do um, any of the value resorts, that's going to be your most Disney kid. Like if you think of, you know. Art of Animation is the one that immediately pops to mind. It's well, very kitty. Or all-star movies. It's like you've got giant statues of Disney characters. You Mongo. know, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those are going to be your very kid-oriented where they're going to play the movies on the screen outside and they're going to play games in the pool with, you know, like it's Camp Mickey and yeah. they're going to play kid stuff. Like the other ones, you can avoid that as much as you want. Yeah. You can tailor your experience and they're going to feel... You won't know you're at a Disney hotel if you're at the Yacht Club, you know? And I feel bad. We literally did what we said we weren't going to do, which is to list off every resort. But the top, I would say, Yacht Club, Swan and Dolphin. If you have no budget and you're a bazillionaire, Four Seasons. Riviera. And Riviera. There we go. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget, we post a brand new episode of Season 3 every other Monday, wherever you find your podcast. While you're there, don't forget to give a five-star review. It does help. Yeah, thank you very much, because it does help. And spread the word, fairy friends. Yeah, you can find us on social media at Two Fairy Godfathers, and we're going to be down at Disney this weekend. So if you're there, make sure you say hey. And we will report back. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, fairy friends. Bye, fairy friends.